0: This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody. You're damn right they do. Every
1: little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed, oh, I bet that you'll be fine
2: without it.
3: Well, hello, Chicago.
0: Yeah. Hey, y'all, let's record a podcast. (laughs) By the way, since we refuse to clutter our podcast with any advertisements, also our website, you can always support us. None of the money goes to us, but it goes to... We're building a a podcast and film studio. None of the money will, will go to me and Ryan. Uh, over at patreon.com slash The Minimalist. You can support the podcast on a per-episode basis if you feel so inclined. We've got some questions here. So Ryan and I will start with our long-winded answers, and we'll work our way toward a lightning round. We've been doing it a little bit different while we're on the road. Uh, during the lightning round, usually Ryan and I will give back-and-forth back, tweet, back and forth tweetable answers we've had a week to craft, but now we have like seven seconds, and so we've turned it into a rap battle <laughs> without rapping. I think you'll see what I mean in a little bit. We'll go ahead and, and get started. Give us your name, where you're from, and what your question is, hopefully in that order.
2: Hello. Hello. My name's Rocio from Little Village, and awesome. I just wanna say thank you for coming to, to Chicago. You guys are awesome. You're awesome,
0: thanks for being here. Thanks for coming out to support us. Oh, by the way, we're recording this. Um, my name's Joshua Fields Milburn. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> Man, we, can we backpedal this no, deep into it? No, no, just keep it? going. You got this. Give them your name. This is Ryan Nicodemus, ladies and gentlemen. And, and together, we
3: are the minimalists.
0: Live in Chicago. There we go. Sean is going to have to figure out how to edit all of this, but thank goodness for Sean. Sorry, go ahead.
2: So I've, I've watched your documentary, I've listened to your podcast. I've read your books. Uh, your, your message resonates. Um, I've gone through the process of trying to get rid of the clutter at home. It's still a work in progress. I'm working on it. Um, my question to you is, is this. How do you guys deal with collision? So at home, I feel like it took a year to get my husband and my four-year-old on board with um, minimizing the things that we surround ourselves with. And that took a year.
0: And how'd you do it? Uh,
2: baby steps. Yeah. In chunks.
0: So, so what kind of baby steps? So, so you were you started simplifying first, right? You didn't start getting rid of their things first, right?
2: No,
0: no. We have people come to us sometimes. They're like, I just started with my husband's stuff. <laughs> and man, the divorce was really hard. <laughs> and so I'm glad to hear that you. So you started small and and. How'd you even introduce the concept to them? This is always interesting to me.
2: Well, the way that I introduced it to my husband was by complaining.
0: <laughs> well, that's one strategy.
2: One, one day I started a count, I was doing the dishes and I started to count the number of cups that were piled on the, in, in, the, in the sink.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I counted 23 cups. 23 cups that most of them were my husband's. I mean, some of them were ours and my daughter's. I mean, sure. mine's and my daughter's. Yeah. And it took about six months to convince them, like, we should all have only two cups. Okay. And that way I only have to wa- wash up to six cups per cycle. What
0: was, the, was there a straw that broke the camel's back there? Or was it just, like, sheer stick-to-itiveness pushing through?
2: No, I didn't want to wash 23 Cups.
0: Well let, let me ask you this I think that's actually really important so the benefit for you is that you wouldn't have to wash 23 cups but was that the same benefit for your husband I hope you I, I do the dishes in our house um Bex is right over here and she does the cooking I, I, did, I figured I wouldn't mention her till the end, but this is the perfect opportunity. And um, yeah, so she's sort of in a box like like Juliet or something. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know Rebecca, she runs a great website called Minimal Wellness. And, and so I do the dishes in in our house, and um, I, f- I wouldn't want to wash 23 cups either, and so that would be the benefit for me, but that same benefit now that we're together wouldn't, was, would not resonate with Bex as much. He's like, I don't care if you watch 23 Cubs. What's the big deal? So, so what was the benefit for your husband, I guess is what I'm asking.
2: A happier wife.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: But, but this is my question. How do you deal with collision? So in the workplace, I'm trying to simplify things. I'm trying to simplify things by challenging things.
0: What are you trying to simplify in the workplace? Everything. Okay. Where where are you starting?
2: Well, I mean, it's everything. It's the excessive emails, the excessive meetings, the excessive notifications, and this expectation of rushing through everything to get to the next thing, and uh, reacting to everything. And I feel like that's perceived as, like, you're not pulling your weight, or... um, you're not a team player or you don't want to contribute to our growth. And I'm finding it challenging to deal with that and I feel like it's a collision. And I I'm curious if I, you've experienced that and
0: oh yeah. How you manage that. Oh yeah, yeah. So so that w- that word is, is a great word to use. It's, it's a, a perfect metaphor, collision. And in fact, I'm gonna take it a step farther. So if, um, if I were to get into a fender bender out front, right, like I'm driving and, and, and maybe the, the guy behind me is texting and not paying attention, and he, he rams into my bumper, right? That's a collision, right? Um, and hopefully I'm gonna be okay with that. He hit me at two miles an hour and I didn't get whiplash for whatever reason and, I, and I'm okay. Uh, you're probably not gonna change much. You're not gonna be too paranoid. Not much is going to change. But if you get into a, a serious car crash, a car accident, like Ryan did, we, we about three years ago, um, this kid ran him off the road and uh, accidentally, but like it was, it was snowy in Montana and, and um, just rammed him off the highway and car rolled several times and if he didn't have his seatbelt on, he'd be dead. That's a serious crash, and when you experience a crash in your life, for me, I mentioned earlier, you know, my mom died, my marriage ended, both in the same month. That was like getting hit twice in the same month, right? And from there, you could you have two decisions after a crash because that pain is going to make you go one of two ways. It's going to make you course correct and start to change everything. And I'm grateful that that's the. That's what I did at the time. I stumbled across minimalism right at the right time for me. And the other thing is you can spiral downward into despair. Now, for some people, that manifests into alcoholism or drug addiction or passive activities, you know, just being lazy, whatever it may be, that spiral is the other way. And I think the the inciting incident has to be big enough first, meaning the person needs to feel enough pain to associate pleasure in in changing. And so for me, I I felt enough pain. I went back and looked at my own life, took that inventory and said, oh. Like before, my life was a six out of 10. It was just comfortable enough to not make any real changes in my life. It wasn't outstanding all the time. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not happy all the time right now. That's called being manic. (laughs) And I'm not recommending that to anyone. There's medication for it. but, but what I am, what I am saying is, is that it's not about being happy now. I am happier than I was before because my life is appreciably better. Because I realized that 6 out of 10 wasn't actually a 6. I was pretending I was at a 6. And really, my life was a, a 2 or 3. It was a certain level of comfort. It felt good enough that I don't want to have to change because I might lose some of my comfort. And so we get stuck in these patterns, these patterns that we think are comfortable. And so then we get into work and we start spending all of our time reacting, responding. I used to get 250 emails a day in the corporate world. And then it bleeds over into our personal life as well. In fact, there's very little work-life balance. And I'm okay with that, if that's what you sign up for intentionally. But, but I was given a BlackBerry Back in my corporate days, remember the BlackBerry phones? Not like the fruit, but the actual, the the BlackBerry. And they said, here, this is going to save you one to two hours a day of productivity. It did the exact opposite. It added additional work to my life because I had to start being more and more and more reactive. And that is where the pain came in for me. I realized like, oh, this is... I'm not actually doing anything meaningful. There's no deep work here. This doesn't align with the person I want to be. I'm constantly neurosing over stuff that doesn't really matter. And in order to change that, I need to make sure that I experience this pain. And and so how do you deal with collision? You turn the collision into a crash. And what I mean by that is that The people also need to experience the pain, the same way that your husband experienced the pain of, oh, I don't have a happy wife. The benefit for me isn't the the dishes. The benefit for me is, if you're not happy, I'm not happy. When when Bex is upset, oh my God! Like I'll do anything. Like I'll jump up and down. I'll, 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 I mean, whatever I can do to to make her happy, I, I will go out of my way to do that if it's within my power. And and your husband felt the same way for you. He was like, well, I. In order to change this, like it's not important to me, but it's important to you. And because it's important to you, it's important to me. And that's when you get that leverage. And so I think you've got to turn that that fender bender into a, into a car crash. The other thing you can do is just make the changes yourself. Like Ryan and I got rid of social media on our phones recently. We're not off social media, but we decided, hey, I'm going to take this off my phone so I can be more in, in the moment and, and and less twitchy for that, that device all the time. And um, in doing that, it, it allowed me to say, here's the benefit for me. And we've had so many people have come to us on this tour and said, I, I quit social media on my phone, too, because of you and uh, it's not like an original idea or anything, but they saw the benefits in us and they were willing to make the change. That's my short answer. That's a good answer. Thank you. (laughs) Um,
3: Yeah, I I would echo what Josh said. Uh, Finding what the benefits are gonna be for your company and positioning uh, positioning it that way. Like, if I went to my boss, I'm just, (laughs) of course it's easy for me to say like, you know, from the outside looking in. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. If I went to my boss and I said, hey, I would like to have about half as many of the emails, and if they responded to me and said, well, um, you're not a team player. That's, this sounds like, you know, non-team player talk. I would, I would turn it around and I'd say, no, no, no. I wanna have half the emails because I am a team player. And I would rather do more constructive things with my time and add more value to this company than reading you know, the latest update or whatever it may be. So I think there are ways you could certainly turn that around a little bit. Um, I remember uh, Josh, like when, when I said Josh was happy, like you know, he hadn't been that happy in so long, it was, I just remember noticing like all these small changes in him. Uh, the first change was after he had split up with his wife, he had to move in to a new apartment And Josh just, he loves to make me move things. (laughs) Um, We used to always joke, like like literally we would joke around, he'd call me up and be like, hey, are you ready for Ryan and Josh move heavy things season four? (laughs) So I'm, I'm helping him move into his apartment and there is a wall mount for a TV that is already installed in this apartment that he got. And that was, like, one thing that Josh and I constantly uh, would always, like, brag about. Oh, man, I got the latest TV technology. uh, You know, I got My TV's bigger than your TV. I don't know what Freud would say about that, but... But, uh, yeah, it was always who had the best technology, whose TV was bigger. How many TVs did you have? I mean, it was, like, this really stupid like, you know, symbol that we would use to, like, kind of compare each other's lives to. So as soon as I saw that mount, I'm like, dude, how, what kind of TV are you going to get, man? Like, how, how big is it going to be? Uh, you know, are you going to get that new DLP, whatever, you know, technology was out at the time? And he was like, you know, I don't know if I am going to get a TV. And I just kind of, like, brushed it off. I was like, well, what, he's going to get a TV. Months um, Months passed and like no TV, and I never really like questioned it that much. Um, but then the, the one thing that really stood out to me, and this is where I, I knew something had changed. Uh, it, was, it was Christmas Eve, uh, Josh was on a date, and he's, he was telling me this story about how he's sitting there with his date, and our boss is calling him. And he's like, you know, I, I ignored the call, and uh, he calls me back. It's like 6 or 6.30 at night. And uh, I ignore the call again. And he just kept calling me and calling. So, you know, Josh picks up the phone. And it was our, our, our boss. And he's like, hey, man. He's like, where, where are your sales numbers at right now? Where, where, wh- how much have your stores sold? I mean, this was Christmas Eve. So uh, Christmas Eve in retail is like the second uh, busiest day. It's where you make like the, Black Friday, you make the most money. Christmas Eve is when you make... Uh, the, the, the second most money uh, during that whole season. Um, Josh responded to him and said, I don't know. I don't know what, where my stores are at right now. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you, our boss, like, what do you, what do you mean? You don't know. I mean, our, my boss wants those numbers. You need to have those numbers. What is wrong with you? Why don't you know those numbers? And Josh said to him, I'm on a date right now. It's 6.30 at night. The stores are gonna close in an hour and a half. What you're asking of me right now is unreasonable. And like that just floored our boss. I mean, it was like almost sacrilegious to say anything like that. And you know, the reason why Josh could get away with that is because he added so much value to that company that at the end of the day, our boss could look in the mirror and go, you know what, maybe it is a little unreasonable. Because Josh does so many other things that maybe what he was asking was unreasonable. So I guess what I'm saying is that you might, like that, I never would have had the cojones to talk to our boss like that. (laughs) I mean, I'm surprised Josh did, but but looking back, I'm like, I wish I would have because I was adding a lot of value to the company and it, it wouldn't have been inappropriate for me to Uh, Ask questions or try to set different expectations. So at the end of the day, like if you are valuable to your company, if you If you give them way more than what they pay you for, it is totally appropriate to ask questions like how can I reduce my email or how can I uh, How can I you know turn my phone off at seven o'clock at night? Whatever it is that you're trying to implement and you don't just give them a laundry list of stuff. Like, pick the one or two things that really stands out to you that you really want to change. Um, but I promise you, and and you know me who has hired and fired lots of people, I can tell you, like the the people who added the most value to my team, they got away with murder, and like the people who didn't. Do well on my team, and they were just kind of slacking. I mean, I always look for an excuse to work them out, right? So, yeah, I'm just reiterating: like, if you are adding value to your company, then it's totally appropriate for you to set uh, different expectations. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hello.
5: Hello. What's your name? My name is Drea. I'm from Oakland question I just want to thank you I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart I really don't have a question. You're very brave in speaking your truth and following your own path and you've changed a lot of lives as you know but there's a lot of odd ducks out there like I know you're bringing this information to a lot of people who've never heard it before but there are lots of us out there who have felt inclined to follow this way of life and uh, there's a lot of cultural resistance. So, um, for all the odd ducks out there,
2: thank you. Thank you
3: so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. You know, if it was was just you that got anything out of this whole thing, like that would make it worth it. You know, it doesn't matter like how many retweets we get or how many social media followers we have, like that right there is why we do it.
5: Hi, I'm Taryn. I'm originally from New York.
3: Hi. Hi, Upstate or like the city? Hmm? Upstate or the city? Uh, Long Island. Oh, okay. The the lame
4: part.
5: (laughs) Um, So I just found out about you guys a few weeks ago, and I immediately have listened to hours and hours of podcasts. I've watched the documentary. I bought the the book for my dad and for me, and he's a hoarder, unfortunately. A cleaner one because my mom doesn't let him be a full-blown hoarder. But... The point is, I realize... He's one of those
3: well-organized orders, yeah.
5: To a degree. Our living room (laughs) looks great, his office looks horrendous, so it's one of those situations. But I have always had a lot of clutter and I've become more cognizant of it as an adult as I move in with my fiancé and I'm just trying to really get rid of all the garbage and all the excess and... Um, what I'm running into now is I'm getting rid of things and I'm gonna start next month and do the 30-day challenge and I already have gotten rid of a lot, but I'm really stressed out because I don't have a car and I'm in an apartment building, I can't do a garage sale and there's so many things I feel like, well this could, you know, I have all these extra dog toys, my dog does not need that many, you know. <laughs> this I could bring to a shelter and all these pens and, and notebooks I could bring to a school and and this food I could bring to a, a, the soup kitchen I volunteer at and, and there's just so many things I want to give to different places, and it's bothering me now because I have, you know, half a room filled with boxes, but I'm not done, and I just I feel like there's got to be a logistically better way to get this off my hands.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so do you know anyone with a car? <laughs>
5: I do. I do. But I feel like I'm going to keep going and it's just going to sure. take me you know, so much time and, and energy.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. And it's going to take energy, especially at first, because you don't have a lot of momentum at first. None of us do, right? When, you, when you're first getting started, it's like it's pushing the boulder uphill, right? You don't have any, any momentum. And so it's, it's going to be difficult at first. But once you get that momentum, as I said earlier, like, what if I got rid of one item a day for 30 days. I mean that doesn't last you. You're like, "One item, I got this and this and this and I, what about that?" Oh my god, when's the last time I wore that? You know, it's like a oversized orange sweatshirt with tassels. And you're like, "Well, when am I when I, did I ever wear that?" And so like you you realize really quickly like, "Oh my god, like none of this stuff is actually adding much value to my life." And so I, I would I would start to plan it out and schedule it right now. I mean, you could you could rent a car. You could get a, a friend who has a car. You could you could rent a U-Haul for a, a day and just put all of the stuff in it you're going to get rid of. Um, you, know, you have a lot of options. I think the key step here is for you to take action, which you're starting to right now. But a lot of these hurdles that we put up in our way, like I don't have a car. They are imaginary hurdles they 're not actual i mean they feel like hurdles to us right now, but you 'll look in the rear view and you 're like, "Oh yeah, there were seventeen different solutions. There are a dozen people here tonight who would who would let you use their car for an evening yeah and, and so what i what 'll say is, is quite often having those people there to support you is is really important. so we, a few years ago, Ryan and I went on on this crazy hundred city tour. Uh, yeah, we we were in Chicago at one point, and um, we we used to people used to come to us after the event. And they'd say, you know, it's great that you're here for a night, but now you're leaving, and how do I connect with like minded people locally? And I would just sort of stare at them blankly and blink a few times. I didn't have a good answer. and So Ryan and I in 2014 we created something called minimalist.org It's uh, free local meetup groups in 100 different cities and Chicago is one of them and they meet once a month so you can surround yourself with supportive open-minded people. They're not always like-minded but they tend to be open-minded and have similar values to you even if they have different beliefs. And I find once you do that you'll find, if there's 20 people there, you'll find 20 creative ways to start to tackle your problem In particular. And I mean, if I were in your shoes, I'd find someone that had a car and I would get rid of as much stuff as I could fit into their car and then I would do it again tomorrow or next weekend or whenever it's on my calendar. First step put it on your calendar, block off those hours, don't let anyone else touch those hours, say no to everyone else so you can say yes to letting go.
3: Yeah, I would I would totally agree with you and Josh like it is going to take a lot of time and a lot of energy. You know, like often we we mistake the word simple with easy. And like simple is not easy. In fact, easy is just leaving the things in the boxes in your room. That's the easy thing to do. So it is it is going to take time and it is going to take some energy, but yeah, you you have to have a plan and you've got to start not just taking action on that plan, but taking massive Action. Taking action is like you go sit in your seat and schedule out a day to get rid of some stuff. Like that's action. Massive action is actually doing it. Massive ac- action is borrowing that car, filling it with the stuff, and then, and then dropping it off. And I'll tell you, um, here in Chicago, you probably got a, a, a service out there where people will come and pick up your stuff. I mean, in Missoula, Montana, with 67,000 people we've got the donation warehouse there, that they will literally come and pick up anything that you have to donate. So, like if, junk, it, like almost anything, anything. Broken lamps, I mean anything, yeah, almost anything. Red underwear. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if Missoula, Montana has a service like that, I am positive that Chicago has a service like that, if not several services. So there, there are certainly different ways uh, uh, to tackle it. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, I'll tell you, when I had... Like, do you know what's in all those boxes? Or it's kind of like... You're like, I know there's some stuff in there that...
5: It's definitely a mixture. There's there's things I totally forgot I had when I'm doing this, and there's things that I'm, every time I look at it, I'm like, I've decided I don't need it. And I've waited time, and I still have decided I don't need it. So it's definitely a mixture.
3: Yeah, I would... Um, I, I, I had those same type of boxes. Like I knew kind of what was in some of those sealed up boxes, but wasn't sure exactly what the inventory was of every single box. Um, when I had a garage sale, like I sold stuff. Like I started selling. I started opening up the boxes, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna price stuff out individually." And I'm like, "You know what? I'm just. I'm not even gonna like open these boxes up because I knew. I, I knew like as soon as I open up the boxes, I'd be like, "Oh, here's this half packet of spaghetti noodles." I've I like spaghetti. I might eat that one day. Like, I just knew I would start having that, you know, just in case syndrome and like flinching to keep stuff. So I just like literally had uh, mystery boxes that I would sell. Like, I think I had you know six of them, and I literally did like one, two, three, four, five, six dollars on each one. And uh, man, it's funny because like the most expensive box had all the leftover like half bags of flour, half a box of spaghetti noodles. And I felt so bad for the guy that got it. I was like, oh, dude, I was like, I was like, you can just have it. He's like, no, 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 I'll still give you six. He's like, this is great, man. Like, we were going to have spaghetti tonight. Like, no, this is perfect. <laughs> I mean, it was really, really, I mean, he was so excited about something that was very much not exciting. <laughs> um, but you could certainly do that and sell those bad boys on Craigslist. Trying to find you every single possession that you want to get rid of. So it's great that you have these boxes. You know what you want to get rid of. But finding finding somewhere or finding a home for every single one of those possessions, like you've got to be able to weigh out like what is, what is your time worth? Um, my like big screen TV that I sold, I sold for like 200 bucks. That was worth my time. Um, the cell phones I had that were four years old that, you know, were once worth 400 bucks, uh, I would never be able to recoup $400, let alone 20 bucks, and then trying to sell a cell phone for $20 on Craigslist or on eBay that is four years old was not worth my time. Like a lot of that stuff I had to look at as sunk costs, and I went and donated it, and I let the professionals find those places a good home, whether it was um, like in Ohio we had Oh, it was uh, like, a, like a battered wives um, foundation where they would take those cell phones and like, turn them into prepays and like, give them to uh, people in need. Um, but you know, giving your stuff to Goodwill or, or, or a donation place, they make it their job to find it a good home. And that is their job. That's exactly what they're there for. So there's a definitely a few ways to approach it. But yeah, you've got to take that massive action to make it happen for sure.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Hello. Hello. What's your name? My name is Lindsay, and I'm from Naperville.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Nice to meet you. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. But I just want to say, first, I'm so proud of both of you, just for how far you guys have come and your backgrounds and everything. I can relate so much. Thank you. And I just want to thank you for being so transparent about your backgrounds, too, and just sharing that with your followers, because I think it's really inspiring. So thank you for that. Our pleasure. Um, so just to start, I think that my question is mostly directed at Ryan. Um, so I feel like when I was reading your book um, with Josh, like I think the path and your passion was a lot more obvious for you to kind of step away from and be like, you know what, this is something I've been wanting to do for a really long time, and like I'm just going to commit. You know, not saying it was easy at all, um, but just to say. Uh, Ryan earlier you made a really good point in saying like you were just up against the grind and you were working so hard and you Didn't often take time to step back and think about like what am I passionate about? So I'm curious like what are some of the questions that you asked yourself and how did you build the confidence to actually take action on Following that path because there's a lot of people I think that haven't taken the time to think about it or
3: no, it's a great question so like how do you figure out what you're passionate about I guess like where it started for me, um, I started to think about what I liked about my, my current corporate job that I had at the time. And my most favorite part of the job, it was like taking that employee that I was getting ready to fire because they were the worst salesperson on my team. And I would talk to them and mentor them and coach them. And you know two months later, they're, they're getting employee of the month. Like making that, help, I should say helping someone make a shift like that, like that really, uh, really just made me feel good. I mean, is it's it's funny, like, you know, Josh and I, we love to give, but when you give, you still get something back from it. Um, but so, I, I, you know, I guess I kind of started there. In fact, when I finally was able to... Uh, leave my job. Although I I got laid off, I didn't I did not uh, quit like Josh did. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I but I did prepare. You know, over the last year year and a half or uh, before I got laid off, like I had prepared for that moment. Um, in fact, I went to my boss uh, a month before I got laid off, and he knew about the website. I mean, he was always giving me crap for it. Like you know, it'd be raise time, and he's like, "Well, you're a minimalist. You don't need this raise, do you?" <laughs> yeah. When you call yourselves the minimalists, everything you do is just steeped in irony.
4: Criticized.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. uh, So I I sat him down. I'm like, hey, man, um, you know that I'm not going to be here forever. Like, you know that, like, I eventually want to do something else. And I'm just wondering if I left this role, who would you replace me with? And he thought about it for a second, and he was like, you know what? He's like, you did a really good job of of, uh, you know, building this this channel in, in the stores. Like, I, I basically, this position I had was uh, created to um, basically sell small office, home office business sales out of telecommunications, retail stores. Man, that's the most boring sentence of the whole night. Um, <laughs>
0: but, but uh, I The I whole had... crowd did like a, a full body wince right. when you did that, when you I said know. that.
3: Well my my point is is that I had I had the right people in the right places. It was running itself. And he was like, you know, you you did a pretty good job setting this up. He's like, I don't think I would re- I don't think I would fill your position if you left. And I'm like, yeah, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? <laughs> and then a month later they're like, Hey Ryan, can you meet me in, you know, room two seventeen? We're like I mean, that's where we laid everybody off. I could only assume that's. It was right across from HR's office. Like, I'm like, all right, man, I'll see you there.
0: Um, but, uh... Oh, wait, wait, he's leaving out the best part. The, it, the day this happened, it was on his boss's birthday. And so Ryan shows up with like this really nice bottle of like whiskey and, and like several different birthday gifts that are wrapped like pristinely. Yeah, he was a vodka drinker and a cigar smoker. There you go. And I bought him, like,
3: the nicest. I knew I was getting laid off. (laughs) So I just wanted to be like, here, have some cigars. (laughs) You're going to need to relax way more than me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I got him, like, super nice box of cigars. And it was funny because I was like, it's your birthday today, right? He's like, yeah, man. I was like, man, you're laying people off on your birthday. That sucks. (laughs) Um, so, so anyway, I got laid off and, um, a, th- a couple months later, uh, Josh had started his writing class and I knew that I was interested in, uh, coaching and in mentoring. Um, I don't know what you would call it. Uh, whatever it is, don't call me a life coach cause like they have way more experience than I do. Um, but, uh, I was like, you know what, dude, like, I think I want to try, I think I want to try this coaching thing out. So we put it up on the website And I just, you know, by the seat of my pants, just like started mentoring people. And it turned out to be really, really awesome. And I still do that uh, today. And I I love it. I absolutely do love it. And I'll tell you, I didn't just like start out with this, I'm going to like coach people and I'm passionate about this. I'm going to be passionate about it for the rest of my life. It was an interest that I had. I knew I liked it and I pursued it and I cultivated it. And it certainly is a passion now. And it's the same thing with snowboarding. I mean, every, every year, um, I'm, I'm still, like, getting better and better every year. Um, I just, like, dread the day when I'm, like, you know, 60 or something. And I'm, like, I, I know eventually like, I can snowboard the rest of my life. But, but as long as I can I continue to improve each year, like, I feel like I, I still have that, like, I'm going to live uh, to be 150 feeling. Um, but, but it's the same thing with snowboarding. It's, like, that is a, something that I w- was interested in. Um, and I started to cultivate that passion. I, I continue to cultivate that. So I guess what I would, what I would say is if, if you're someone out there who, who you don't have like one thing that you're passionate about, that's okay. First off, like we're not born to be passionate about one thing. Josh was not born to be a writer. I was not born to be a mentor. I mean, these are things that we have cultivated over years of, of investment time, massive action. So what I would say is pick one thing that you're interested in, and then start to put the time and invest in that thing to to cultivate uh, the passion. And you know what? You may, two years from now, you might, let's say you wanted to start writing and two years from now you're like, ah, oh, you know what, like I've written, I've, I wrote that book and uh, I've been writing this blog and you know what, like I'm just not, this is not, uh, this is a more net negative than it is a positive. I'm not really passionate about writing, like, and that's okay. Um, you can be passionate about a lot of things. If you've got like five interests and you don't know where to start, then fold them up and put them in a hat, and then just pick one out and start with that. Like that, that is that is a good technique. <laughs> but you do have to choose one thing to start uh, cultivating as, as a passion for sure.
0: Yeah, I'll just add to that real quick. If you have two, if you have like two, if you have five things or ten things, whatever. Find two of them, they really just stand out for whatever reason, maybe they're radically different. And then one's heads, one's tails, grab a coin, flip the coin, but don't look at it. And think about which side you hope it lands on. And, and that's, that's where you should go. Insightful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, before we move on, for those of you listening to this at home, if you have a comment or a tip for anyone who asked us a question today, you can call us up, leave us a voicemail, 406 219 7839, or you can actually send us a voice memo from your phone now, podcast at theminimalists.com, and we will air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode. Ryan, what time is it?
3: You know what time it is.
0: It is time for our hashtag Ask the
3: Minimalists lightning round. Yeah.
0: We are on uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at The Minimalists, and although we don't have it on our phones, thankfully we have the wonderful Jessica Williams who runs uh, our social media account. She's always finding great stuff, and she's we're always pestering her. Is she around here somewhere? Yeah. Look at her. She's in the other balcony. Jessica Williams, ladies and gentlemen. She does. Speaking of curation, she does a great job of, of curating our, I mean, not just our, like, Facebook feed or whatever, because we're constantly asking, like, does this add value? The, the thing we don't want to do is add to the noise. And if we ever do anything that we feel would be a net negative to you or even neutral, I'm not going to waste your time with that. So you know, it's always a thing. I, I, Jess and I were talking the other day at lunch. She's like, you know, you guys have never asked me about, like, post engagement or how many retweets something has gotten. But we do ask different questions. We're asking, like before you tweet this out, does it add value? And, and so that's what we try to do with any of these different channels is find a way to best communicate. And sometimes it still is so- social media, at least for now. And so we usually have a week to answer these questions. We write them down and, and we, we battle back and forth vigorously, but now we have uh, a few seconds. Uh, you can ask a regular question. We hope to give you a condensed answer that is less than 140 characters that you can share on, your social media platform of choice. By the way, if you're sharing tonight, you can use hashtag less is now for any of the photos and stuff, we'll retweet and reshare all of our, our favorites. Howdy, what's your name?
4: Hi, my name is Tammy. Hey Tammy. And I'm born and raised in California, but I currently live in South Carolina. First I just wanna say thank you for saying no to other things so you can say yes to this, And I know you guys say that. Yeah. Um, thank you and congratulations on all your success and your growth and just everything that you give everybody every day listening to your work um my question is well first let me say this i feel like since trying to adapt minimalism for my life and for my lifestyle i feel like i've been able to um learn some things about myself that i that i didn't know before and accept some things so my question to you both is what Since clearing the the clutter for clarity and adopting minimalism, what have you learned um, and what do you now see about yourself that you weren't able to before?
3: You want me to start?
0: If you got one, yeah, I've got a nice pithy one. Oh, go for it, man. I was going to ramble a little bit. Uh, I have like some old tweetable...
4: Please ramble.
0: Yeah, this... (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll ramble a little bit, uh, but then I, I've, I've got it wrapped up with a bow here. Um, I learned this especially after minimalism because I was not a very patient person before. I was anxious, and I'm still... I, 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 my default is anxiety. Uh, does that resonate with anyone? And yeah, the other half of the room is like Ryan. Um, and he, like, thrives under pressure, right? Um, and and so... Um, I learned that once I walked away from that, like many of the things I thought were so important weren't important. Not just weren't that important; they weren't important at all. Like the things that were I neurosed over that kept me up late at night, my boss calling me, wanting the sales numbers, the you know team underperforming, the retail store open two minutes late, whatever it was. I look back now, and it's nothing. It literally means nothing to me. And and, uh, I can tell you, especially since um, becoming a parent, which I never, uh, I never intended to do. um, And, um, but I met an awesome person and she had a one-year-old. And so I jumped in all the way. And I tell you the thing that that I've learned most is, here's my short answer for you. Patience is a choice. And I wish I would have known that when I was 18 or 25 or 27 and stressed out of my mind. Patience is a choice. By the way, you get to vote on, on whose answer is better. So that was crickets. No, it was just they were contemplating.
3: Um, man, I'll tell you the first lesson I learned when I was like looking at all that stuff in my boxes, packed in there, I was just like, wow, if I had not spent tens of thousands of dollars on these things, like, I could have a a savings account right now. I wouldn't have, I'd have much less debt. And it's funny, because, like, if you were to ask me what my priorities were, I would have said, well, retiring early, that's one of my priorities. But, like, I had no savings account. That's... (laughs) doesn't really work. That equation definitely does not work. So, uh, I guess, you know, what I would say, my short answer would be, uh, my priorities aren't what I say they are.
0: It's what I actually do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think from the quiet response, we we tied on that first one. So so we'll have to do a, well, we'll do one more for sure, and then we'll see where we stand after that, and we'll go from there. Howdy.
6: Hi, I'm Sammy. Hi, uh, I'm from Chicago. Awesome.
3: Um, Thanks for coming out. Thanks for all the applause and cheering. I really appreciate you're it.
6: You're welcome. I'm a- yeah, it's great. Um, so uh, I don't really—I've lost a hundred pounds in the last four years. Congratulations!
3: Yeah. That is awesome. Woo! Yeah.
6: Um, January, I found your minimalist documentary. Um, I watched it three times before I was like,
0: "Wow! Holy shit!" Have any of you seen the documentary? <laughs> <laughs> so we we have a, a a guest here tonight. Do you like the way our website looks at all? Yes. Yeah, so it, you know, there's no sidebar, there's no banners, there's n- no clutter, right? It seems apropos. Well, uh, Jeff Seris and his team over at Spire Media, they're in charge of all of our web development and design and everything that makes it all look beautiful, and I think he's way up here. That's You want to wave, Jeff? He's really tall. He's actually not in the balcony. He's just standing right now. But um, they're really great, and he was also one of the uh, producers on, on our documentary as well, and they help us out a ton. And we, honestly, we, we couldn't, literally couldn't do many of the things that we do now because if we didn't have such an awesome team. Sorry to derail you. Oh,
6: no, that's fine. So, Lost 100 Pounds, watched your documentary, um, started listening to your podcast. Um, January, I purged. All of my just-in-case fat clothes um, you know maybe I would gain 50 pounds no I'm okay no so I purged that purged my possessions um, started following the minimalist or the wellness uh, blog amazing um, I have a lot of food allergies soy lactose gluten-free um, low glycemic so it's hard for me to like eat food <laughs> you're
0: describing my diet exactly
6: it's it's very hard um, But besides that, um, taking a lot away from your documentary and your podcast that I've listened to daily, um, I am a photographer here in Chicago um, and I'm having a hard time trying to balance work life and life in general. I'm sick and tired of being on my goddamn phone. Um, I got this new iPhone 7, my fucking, my phone died and it broke (laughs) and I'm like, all right, I'll pay i'll get the iphone 7 but it's like this new shiny thing but i just want to be away from it but i work through a studio that requires me to answer emails like i have to within 10 minutes respond 10 to 30 minutes respond to if i can accept this job or not through this photography studio i can't handle it anymore i just don't want my phone anymore so how do you guys balance that i mean i don't have a social media person that can you know post on my behalf, and like, yeah, sure. look at her, she's doing photos, you know, I can't do that. I'm just yeah, I didn't amazed. for
0: 35 years either, so <laughs> it totally, totally resonates with me.
6: And so I'm just, I, I want to be able to, like, just leave my phone away, and not have an Apple Watch, and not, you know, I have a Fitbit that tells me my text messages, but I turn my notifications off, because I don't want to be bothered with that shit anyways, but how do you, you know, I mean, you have somebody that posts on your behalf, but, you know, and I've I only have Facebook and and, and Instagram and Facebook is to show is to tell my mom and dad that I'm still alive. I don't really post anything, but it's like, hey, she's online. She's still she's still kicking. She's still good. But Instagram, it's been difficult. They're banning posts of people trying to um uh like, you know, uh hashtag this and this, this and this and to promote their photos and all that stuff. And it's becoming hard and hard to find inspiration. I really value it, I really had find joy out of Instagram but recently it's been kind of a slow decline. So how do you guys balance that like I want to step away from my phone but yet I'm trying to be a businesswoman and try to promote my business as a photographer here in Chicago.
0: Sure. Um man, I've got like three pithy answers. I don't know if they'll all work. Um the, so Here's here's the thing that, that I'll tell you about that. So I still use social media all the time. A lot of the comments you see on our Twitter and Instagram and and Facebook and posts, that's, I get to go in whenever I want now. And I don't I no longer feel tethered to it. And so every time I go there, I was on there this morning. I I mean I can't help get up, but get up really early. Like I went to bed at like I don't know after 1 a.m. and woke up at 4:30. And and I, I I tend to go to bed way earlier than that typically, but when I got up, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do my writing and then I'm going to do handle a few other things. And oh, let me spend 20 minutes just responding to people. Let's see what they thought about the event last night. And so I get on there, respond to people, respond to some people on our Patreon page, and and I interact with people. But I get to do it on my time, and that's the difference. What what is driving you crazy may not be the tool; it's the way the tool is being used. Damn, that was that was pithy. <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got two more for you. One is the things that add value to your life today may not add value to your life tomorrow. And Instagram is, is a prime example of that. You may have gotten value from that a month ago, a year ago, whatever. You may not continue to get the same value from that thing. You know, Ella's turning four this month, and, and I'm pretty sure that the toy she's playing with now, she won't be playing with 20 years from now. And if so, then we'll have a different conversation. And and, and that's because we, we grow out of certain things. And it may not be that you grow out of having Instagram on your phone right now, but maybe you grow out of the way that you use it. And so that, that's my second pithy thing. The, the third thing is you mentioned the battery or the phone dying and it, rem- it reminded me that like my battery would constantly die all the time because I was always scrolling, right? Like scrolling and checking and and, and, and uh, tweeting and, and yik-yaking and, and whatever you all do these days. And um, what I learned was this third thing. If your phone is always getting ready to die, it's probably not your phone that has a problem.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Man, I was... I was like right there with you with the uh, the social media stuff, especially like I really like to interact with the the minimalist.org groups. Um, I mean, it's just yeah, it's fun to go on there and you know I'll like someone's comment or something, and they're like, oh my god, Ryan liked my my comment, <laughs> and I'm just like so happy I can make someone you know, happy by doing that stuff. Well, it got to a
0: point where I
3: was getting about... Wait, wait, hold
0: on, real quick. I found out about a year in, after running the website, Ryan wasn't following me on Twitter. (laughs) It was not on purpose. (laughs) I went to him one day, it was the most awkward conversation we've ever had. I'm like, dude, do you realize you don't... I mean, I felt so small. As soon as you say something out loud, you're like, what a moron I am. He's like, I noticed you don't
3: follow me on Twitter. I'm
0: like, yeah, I do. (laughs) So we have each other's. I tweet all the tweets. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) We have each other's passwords, so I just logged in and followed me from his account. Um, But it got to a point where I was getting
3: 200 200 notifications. uh, So Josh and I, we deleted the social media apps off of our phone. And having to log into Facebook. I don't. I just. I hate. I always hate going to it from my, my computer. Which is Facebook gets you, man. Like the little messages, mm-hmm. the direct messages. It's like you either have to give them all your information and download the app, or like you have to go on the computer. And, and that's a total aside. But uh, they're sneaky little little folks. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I was at. A, we were on uh, the first wave. Like we were in Pittsburgh and. Um, I'm like stressing out about like oh, I gotta log into Facebook. I haven't checked it in a day and a half. I've got like 400 notifications sitting there. I just know it. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Wait a minute. What would happen if I just like deactivated my personal Facebook account?" I'm like, I don't think anything would really happen that negatively. And I actually held on to my personal Facebook account. It was at first because I wanted you know my mom to know that I was still you know. Alive and kicking, and, um, and yeah, I uh, talked to Josh about it, and like I uh, totally deactivated it. And you know, I'm still alive. Can you believe you it? Are. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you know, all these things that we, that we put on ourselves, um, you can look at it like these boulders that we decide to pick up, and we start like walking down the road or walking up a hill, even. And I guess my pithy answer would be, it doesn't matter what boulder you're carrying, you picked it up and you can set it down.
6: Thank you guys very much.
0: Thank you. I'm gonna to apologize to the folks in line. We, we've run out of time for additional questions, but I, I promise you if you call into the podcast, we'll do our best to, to answer those. We have to move on to the added value segment of the show. This was where Ryan and I talk about the things that have added value to our lives recently. And, and usually we just crow on about the latest albums we're listening to or whatever. But since we're in Chicago, we might as well talk about some local things that add value to our lives. <laughs> Ryan what has been adding value to your life recently? I actually got it written down on my phone No, uh, sky
3: steel, which by the way, how awesome is sky? Yeah, yeah, he is um, we are so lucky to have him on tour with us right now he was uh, he was just just on the road with uh, Vanessa Carlton and uh, yeah, and uh, we just happened to be able to sync up on on this wave of our tour um, so yeah, give it up for Sky Steel. Yeah. So when I got back, uh, or when I got here uh, to the to the venue, I, I go to the green room, and Sky's like, he's like, man, he's like, can I recommend something for you to recommend locally here? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you got, man? And he said, you know, I lost or he didn't lose, he left his um, laptop charger in in Brooklyn. And he went to the Apple store, you know, to go buy a new charger and they want like, you know, after tax it's almost 100 bucks for a for a laptop charger. And he said he's like, man, I went to this place called Free Geeks and uh, he got a charger for like 20 bucks, but What's cool about this place is it's a nonprofit business, so all of their time and energy it's spent into like fixing computers, uh, into um, getting comfortable or getting people comfortable with uh, different programs, so forth and so on. They even have like different classes that they will teach you different things, and they do it in different languages as well. So um, I am going to steal Sky's recommendation. And yeah, if you need like your laptop fixed or you leave your laptop charger in Brooklyn, and you need another one, uh, yeah, Free Geeks, um, it sounds like
0: a pretty cool place, so check it out. Sweet. Have any of you here been to the Sweat Lodge in Chicago? There's one person, really? Oh, Oh, two, I see two, okay. Man, you've got to go to the sweat lodge. I mean, so it's a a Russian bathhouse. And um, so the first time I went to a Russian bathhouse, I was in Los Angeles. And, like, I was the... Everyone started walking to me speaking Russian. It wasn't the same thing here. There there was a lot of that, a lot of tattooed uh, uh, burly men. But um, what I... I go by the to, way, it's men only too, so oh, yeah, yeah. but they that actually is sort of only true. They have a co-ed have facility co-ed, yeah. that that is um, not adjacent to there, but it's it's in town as well. so they have a co-ed facility as well. Um I do a sauna like three times a week. It really helps out with my back. I have the the worst back of any thirty five year old I know. Um, and so I, I do that, but I can tell you that if you want to experience like crazy natural euphoria. Um, you go from 220 degrees Fahrenheit to 30 degrees salinated water repeatedly. You know, you spend 20 minutes here and a minute here or two minutes in the cold water if you can really take it. And it's one of the best experiences you'll ever have. Every time I take someone there, they're like, I have got to come back and do this again. And so check it out. It's called, called the sweat lodge. All right, let's move on to uh, to right here, right now. So we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. And right now, um, well, we just mentioned Sky. We're going to, you know, most people, they, back back when musicians used to sell physical goods only, right? There wasn't the whole digital world. If they someone put out a new song, it was called a, a single, a cassette single. Some of you remember this? And, and you would buy the cassette and it would have like a song on it and it would be like this experience. you go to the store, you'd have the experience of unwrapping the thing and you, you'd open it up and you'd look at the little track list and the credits and you'd read as you listen to the song. Well, we don't really have that same experience anymore, but Sky has been thinking about how do we, how do we make a single an experience again, right? And, and so he came up with a way to pair his new single with some chocolate that is made specifically for this song. And it's from a local company here in Chicago called, uh, oh, come on, Josh. V- Voge. There we got it, I got it. Did I get it, Sky, wherever you are? So we're gonna welcome Sky Steele out. Ryan and I are gonna eat some chocolate while he plays a song. Got it. Wait. We have ah, oh, there it is, the delicious, delicious chocolate. Do you want to explain? This real is quick? my favorite part of the whole show. <laughs> He's unwrapping the chocolate. This is for people at home. There's there's two pieces of chocolate in here, and so afterward, Ryan and I will be out there selling our books. Um, we hope you buy a stack of them. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, if you do pick up a book, please minimize it afterward. Give it to a local library, a friend, family member, someone who can get value from it. If you can't afford a book tonight or you just forgot your wallet, let me and Ryan buy a copy for you. If you're interested in one, we'd be happy to pick one up for you. Uh, Thanks. And if you get the opportunity to support Sky, you can buy his new single, and you can have a really good excuse to eat some chocolate. You have to wait to play the song because it pairs really nicely. Yeah, you got to download the song and put it on and then eat the chocolate and then you have the whole experience. All right, so now, I know last night last night you guys got a little nervous during this part, so I want to help you with the with the experience. I'm not going to give you the whole thing, but you got Here's the five steps. Listen, okay. breathe, smell and taste. In that order? In that, in order, that order? In that order. In that order. All right. Order. All right. Here's the song.
1: Side of the mountain, I see your face
0: swimming in the river. I feel your embrace, and at the waterfall, the song
3: you sing comes to me, comes to me
4: like a dream,
1: and at the Comes to
3: me like a dream. Oh <laughs> that's some good chocolate, man. Kind of the rest of your chocolate. <coughs> I hate mine. Here you go.
0: <laughs> Side. Yeah. That's better than opening a cassette tape, I, pro- I promise you. And it's gone afterwards, so it's like it's the best kind of, of consumable. Uh, I think Sky has a very limited number of, of those chocolates out there if you're interested in getting one after the show. It's, I don't know what he charges, but he charges something for them, and if you want to support him, I know all the, pro- the proceeds from uh, anything that he sells tonight goes to his favorite charity. It's the gas fund for Sky to get to Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> they do really great work. Anyway, what else is going on with us? Oh, I mentioned the Patreon thing. If you want to support us, uh, we are trying to pay Sean a full time living wage, Pat Podcast Sean. So you can just go to patreoncom slash Minimalist. We're building a, a film studio so we can do more video content creations, meaningful work. Jeff, is Dave here? Dave, he's not here. Okay, damn, I was gonna, I was gonna shout him out. Um, anyway. Um, uh, so what we 're trying to do is just create more video because the documentary went over so well with people it showed people that minimalism wasn 't crazy it wasn't it wasn 't this this uh, radical lifestyle was much more practical than a lot of people thought. And so we hope to, to be able to translate in into video, doing a video version of the podcast. And we're going to do um, uh, video essays, live streams, a bunch of new video work, and a new audio studio as well. So if you want to help out with that, it's just patreon.com slash The minimalist, Be part of the 1% of our audience that helps out. And if you can't afford to, to help out... Uh, that, that's okay, too, because um, you can just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you do that this month, which is May 2017, for the people listening to this, uh, we're donating 10 bucks to a charity of our choice, and we picked a, a special one for us. So, uh, did you know that half the people who have ever lived on planet Earth have died from malaria? Half the people who have ever lived have died from malaria. And we're trying to help change that a little bit. So the Against Malaria Foundation estimates it costs about 3500 bucks to to buy enough mosquito nets for one person to save a life over a, a lifetime. So a mosquito net's only like 5 bucks, uh, but over a lifetime it takes a, a lot of a lot of money, and a lot of nets to save someone's life. So about $3500 to save a life. So for every 350 Apple podcast reviews we we get this month, we're donating 10 bucks each. So it's $3,500. So if you want to contribute in that way, we can do something cool. We we can spread the message to more people, but we can also help some people in need as well. So afterward, if you want to whip out your phone and, and leave us a review, and by the way, it's any review you want. If you want to leave us five stars, we'd love that. If you hate our freaking guts and you're like, I can't believe my wife dragged me here. These guys are getting one star. That's okay. We'll still give 10 bucks for that as well. Um, I wanna thank a few people before uh, we roll out of here tonight. I, I wanna to thank um, David from Live Nation. So it was the first time we've ever had like, a, a proper tour. Like Ryan and I used to just show up at coffee houses and people would, would show up and that was great, but a coffee house would get really mad if like 700 people showed up. So we have to do this instead. Um, but Live Nation has been great. They've been promoting the tour and I don't know where David is here, but I'm, I'm really grateful that you're here uh, for the stop. He's been amazing, this venue. Well let's give it up for Thalia Hall as well.
3: Yeah.
1: Woo.
0: We are doing forty cities this year and this is the best venue I've been to so far. Most aesthetically pleasing and beautiful. How awesome is this? Speaking of that tour, if you're listening at home, we are coming to 40 cities, and if you want to find the city nearest you, it's all of North America, U.S. and Canada, just go to lessisnow.com, and you can find all the cities, dates, theaters, ticket information, and most important, I want to thank you for being here tonight. Yes, it cost you money to get in here, and we're grateful that you paid for that, because it allows us to pay all these people. Ryan and I don't make money from touring, but... The people that we travel with, we make sure that they get paid uh, a good wage. And um, so, you didn't just give up your money though; you gave up your time and your attention. Those are your two most precious resources. And we're we're really grateful that you decided to come here and spend that time with us. In about twenty minutes or so, we'll be out there in in the lobby, and we'll we'll say hi. You can get a hug. You can get a book, a picture, whatever you'd like. And uh, if you leave here with one message. We hope it's this, love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for being here.
1: you gotta grand oh, I bet that you be fine without it. So tear your eyes away, or oh, tear your eyes